This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome to an episode of Future Stars. Now, I am Mike Freeland, as always I am, joined by, yeah, I guess it's my Boston Marathon partner now, I guess. Is that what that is now? You're you're a runner? Ah, trying to, trying to. Man, Ritster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing a lot better now this week, Freeland. Uh, you know, feel, feel a, little, a little better. Not 100%, but we're going to sit there and uh, we're going we're gonna to get through this. I know a lot of people have been affected uh, by the recent strand of COVID uh, reoccurrences, so our thoughts and, and prayers are out there with you as well. There's a nasty stomach bug going around as well, so try to keep yourself as, as healthy as possible. But it seems like wintertime, there's always something going on, and, and this winter is definitely no exception. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty ridiculous and everything, but bro, we're going to sit there and work through this, and it's Friday night. We have a great guest lined up, Freeland. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready. Who do we got on the big program tonight? Well, we've got a very talented indie wrestler. And without further ado, we're going to bring in Mr. Steve Payne. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good to going, see guys? you, sir. Thank you so much for carving out some time for us tonight. Oh, thank you for having me. So, so many things going on right now, but I guess I just want to start off by saying, how is, uh, how is life treating you just in general with everything going on? I know that um, it, it's hard staying healthy as a wrestler in general, but with all these other things going around and needing to make sure you have time to work out at the gym and nutrition and all that, are you able to, to keep yourself healthy? And, and maybe what are some tips that you use during this time of year to kind of keep that immune system boosted? I mean, for the most part, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's definitely not easy. Um, I just actually beat COVID about two, three weeks ago, which I got from a show. Which is what can we do? Right? Is it was. It was like it's almost to say it's a matter. It was a matter of time. Which sucks to say because we're around so many people, so many fans. The locker room is always so small, you know. Um, but yeah, I try to stay. For the most part, since COVID, I've been working out in my house. Um, it's, I just feel, not that I'm scared to go to the gym, but when the gyms closed down in New York, it was, um, I was forced to work out of my house and I started working for the results. Right. Um, I started doing work after I learned over in Germany, which I did a little bit of it after Germany, but I did like, I went full steam during COVID and I saw a huge difference in every aspect of my health and I've been doing that. I've been great. It's been working so far. <laughs> How has the uh, how has the promotions um, been handling as far as just have have you noticed they've been taking any additional precautions as far as people trying to keep them as as healthy as possible anything that they've been offering or I, to be honest with you I started doing shows down in Florida this is like mid pandemic when you know Florida was like shit when that governor didn't care <laughs> so it was pretty scary and when I went down there I noticed honestly like. I was the only one with a mask. Now, I'm not an anti-mask you know, mask or whatever, but I wear my mask, you know, and I was the only one with a mask. So 
it was pretty lenient. I'm surprised I didn't get sick down there or the group because we went with a group from New York and Jersey down there. But up here in the beginning, it was like you know you needed a, a negative test. Um, you have to wear your mask. You couldn't touch the the fan while coming out. So it was it, it was I was pretty comfortable with it. You know now it seems like it's back to normal. And the set of like some buildings allow full capacity. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm seeing nowadays, especially with Dynamite. Um, I'm not really sure what Raw is doing, but you know they're they're saying now in certain parts of the country they want you to show some type of vaccination card and whatnot. And I know that's a very polarizing topic, but I think you would agree the most single most important thing is if you're coming out to a show, you know, have respect for the talent and and make sure that yes. you know yes. you are thinking about them. Right, right. I mean, it's it's one thing to say, oh, I don't believe in the vax. Yeah, you don't believe in it, but other people do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're, if you're coming to watch us as talent, there's nothing more selfish. You say, oh, yeah, like, let me give him a five. Let me jump on him give him a hug. And you're my man. Like, no, that's not, <laughs> you know, like, that's not how it works. And it's like, if you don't want to get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. Don't wear a mask. But just don't come to a show and risk others. No, we all I, know that chairs are like this. You know, there's like no space. Like in the beginning, you would have they would split the chairs up, but nowadays it's not. You're next to somebody, and like here in Jersey or New York, there's really any railing, so you're pretty close to the ring. Like if you go to a Beyond show, you know, like you're on the on the by the, the ring, ring line. Yeah, right. So you're very close to the talent and to whatever's going on. So it's, it can be pretty scary. But it's like, if you take care of yourself, you should be fine. But some fans don't take it that way, you know? <laughs> no, I'm with you 100%, and that's the that's a difficult part. But let's kind of go ahead and, and let's talk about uh, your career. And, you know, you've been in wrestling for a while now, which is really, really exciting. Uh, for everybody joining us right now, we are here with wrestler Steve Pena. And he's going to be kind of giving us a little timeline and run through about his career. And then we're going to touch upon the places he's going to be and... Uh, you know, so people can learn more about you. That's the beauty of what we do on this show is to be able to expand our uh, listener base uh, just as many talent as we can. So if you're in their neck of the woods and they can say, oh, yeah, I heard from him on that show, they can come out, support you, buy some T-shirts, and hopefully say a, a nice uh, respective distance hello to you. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I, mean, I, won't, I won't spit on the person, but yeah. <laughs> there you go. I, I was going over your resume, and it's you started back in 2009, is that correct? Right. I started January 09 out in a uh, training with Johnny Robb, who's a Hall of yes. Fame WWE, out in Brooklyn in Gleason. Yeah. So the Northeast, as we know, has is, is always been a hotbed for wrestling. Uh, the Northeast, the, the, the New York, the Boston – um, the Pennsylvania area as well has always been huge. And Johnny Rods is a legend when it comes to training. Tell me a little bit about when you actually decided that you wanted to become a wrestler. What was that, the genesis of that decision-making process? And then how does that go into, oh, this is who I want to train with? It's it's a weird story because basically I was in, I was in college and I was playing college baseball. And... I was a fan, you know, I was a fan of wrestling, but I never thought of pursuing it. It was a weird moment where I just found baseball not fun anymore. Like, it just, it didn't, it didn't hit, it didn't click anymore. So 
I started watching more wrestling, but just WWE. Like I wasn't introduced to like Ring of Honor or, or anything else. Maybe some TNA, but it was weird because I was watching SmackDown, and after SmackDown aired, the news would come on, and that night they had a a piece on Johnny Rod, which I never knew about. I looked up schools before, but I, all I saw was in Jersey. I never saw nothing here, so I'm like, well. I'm a college student who's broke. How can I get to Jersey every day? You know, so I just, uh, time will pass. I'll find another school where I'm going to have a car or money. So I'm like, oh my God, there's a school in, in Brooklyn and it's Johnny Rob. I'm like, where was this at? Where was Google? Like, Google <laughs> failed me, you know? <laughs> there, was nowhere, there was nowhere near it. So I actually went, I met up with him and I joined it. This is like right after the doghouse closed down. Mm-hmm. Hog wasn't open yet. There was, it was basically nothing in New York City but that school. Now, I'm not saying I settled, you know, but there was nothing else but that school. And I went, and it was good for the most part, but I'll be honest with you, I had no fun at all at, John, at the Johnny Brown School at all. And, I, and I'm being honest, like, it sucks, I might get enemies. I, I didn't have fun because he had the very old school way of not train. <clears throat> I'm sorry, not train, but... His rule is, if you're there, you cannot go anywhere else at all. You cannot do no indie show. Yeah, you cannot do no indie show. You cannot train nowhere else. If you're his, you're his. And I found, <clears throat> sorry, I found that funny, you know, because years passed on and WWE started contacting me. And I remember going into Johnny's office and I would tell him, listen, hey, Mr. Regal hit me up. He sent me an email and he would get mad at me. Johnny would get mad at me because he's contacting me. So I'm like, oh, this is not, like, this is not good. So I ended up going to a PC tryout, which they invited me to. They flew me out, and he was living with me. So I'm like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, exactly, I can't do that's it. Not, that's not, that's not, no. Not good at all. So he started catching on, so I would go in, and he would disrespect me a lot. Because he started catching on that I'm, like, trying to do my own thing, and he would disrespect me a lot. And I wasn't having it. Like, I think we respected the two-way street, you know? Like I give him my respect, but as a, I feel like as a, as a teacher, as a student, as a as a coach, as a trainer, you should want the best for your student, and that's not what I felt. Now, what he did teach was it, it was great stuff, stuff that I haven't learned to this day by anybody else. Don't get me wrong, but to be a student in school is I feel like it wasn't fair. It's not fair because it's still going on to this day. But then I started catching on that there's several coaches and schools out there that do the same exact thing. I just wasn't yeah. having it. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting you brought up that because I'm not sure if you're familiar with this story, but uh, Kevin Owens tells a story about uh, Raymond, yep. Raymond Rougeau. And the problem was, he said, you know, I wanted to get into wrestling and I started going to Raymond's school and and, and some of you guys have already probably heard the story as well, but the problem was kind of what you were saying with Johnny yeah, Rods exactly. is yeah. you weren't allowed to go anywhere. Even if people contacted you, that was frowned upon. You were not um, able to grow. Uh, if promoters had reached out to you, you weren't able to go ahead. You'd have to graciously decline. And it does put the talent at a very, very awkward situation because as yeah. you said before, as a coach, your goal is to see your students succeed. And if they get an opportunity to go to WWE, that's a feather in your cap that you were actually training them. So exactly. 
it, it's so bizarre, at least to me, and it probably is for you as well to see that, oh man, you know, I really want to do this. I have people recognizing me, but yet I have to basically say no. And I think that right. is, and then you have to have those awkward conversations that should never, ever that occur. It should happen, be, right. hey, Regal reached out to you, man. This is amazing. Good for you. I'm, I'll go ahead and shoot him a text message and, you know, what's the details? When do you have to be down there? Is there anything you want to do to prepare? And I I feel, and I don't know, Johnny, but I've heard many situations like this before. I feel like there's some level of, of protection or maybe ego sometimes. Um, oh, and yeah. we all ha- we all have it. But you you got to let these students flourish. Yeah. You really so I'm 100 percent in in your camp with. Eh, that's a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 it's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. You, you sit there and think that you know being a trainer that you know you get WWE Regal contacting you, and that's got to sit there and be like, man, I must be doing something right. One more compliment, right? Like, as, yeah. a, as a trainer, like, oh, my student got contacted by Regal. Like, that's like the ultimate compliment. And I'm like, this is not, this is not right. Like, what? And it, it makes you like think, like, what is his, uh, what's the agenda? Like, not being happy for me, you know? Like, to keep me having to pay monthly. I don't know. I don't know. But I just wasn't having it. And then when the disrespect happened, like it happened constantly. I'm like, okay, I gotta go. And People tell me, oh, but why did you say this for so long? It was, it, it, it's because he had connections that he was like, offer students. Like, I, Masha, Masha came in at like 16, and Johnny sent her to a connect to Japan, and she was still below, she wasn't 18 yet, she was 17, and he sent her to Japan. So, stuff like that was happening. He said, okay, you know, my time will come. He sent me to Mexico, which he did to some people. He sent Masha to Japan. So you would like come and like, drink the Kool-Aid and be, okay, my chance is coming, my because you will see it, you know, to other people. But then when my chance, my opportunity came, because it was a hint that gave it to me, you know, like he wanted to say, yeah, I made him, I gave you my, this opportunity. If it wasn't me, then no, you cannot take it. And that's about him, you know? Yeah. It, it takes a strong person to say... I appreciate all that you've done for me, but yet it's time for me to go. And I think that can be viewed in a couple different ways. I think one way could be someone could say, wow, you're leaving. I I guess you don't appreciate what I'm doing for you. But I think that there's another, there's another aspect to that where people would say, no, you can't hold people back if they have, this is their dream. You know, it's, it's like any professional athlete, your window is small. And every day it gets smaller and your bump card gets more filled. And hey, time is of the essence. So we either take advantages. Plus, William Regal, let's be honest here. It's not like just any trainer is calling you. That guy guy is is so revered in the industry. (laughs) Him and Fit Finley and Dean Malenko. I mean, and the list goes on of people who have done this for so many decades and, and have produced so many great products. But I'll get off that horse completely. Uh, so let's let's go back into the story. So obviously, you, you trained with them. Uh, you knew the situation. Hey, this is probably going to be under his rules only. I'm going to have to probably get going. Yeah. So basically, after that, I just left and I found I found a ring, uh, another wrestling ring in the Bronx, which I was living in the Bronx, and it was with some of the students that were at, at House of Glory. And I would go just to try it out, just to get open ring, and it was amazing. 
It, honestly, it was the first time that I legit was having fun in a ring. Because I was wrestling with the idea of getting on TV. But I wasn't I wasn't appreciating and having fun throughout the journey, if that makes sense. No, it now, that's when I started, yeah, I started, started catching on. Listen, I'm, I'm just training, sweating, I'm having a blast. You know, I'm having a blast. Then came the PC, and that was in 2016. And that was when the European scene was, like, blowing up. Like, prog uh, progress was blowing up and all this stuff. And I literally saved my money and um, my tax money that I had that year. That year and I got fired from my job because I was, I told him, I'm going to Germany. I just bought my flight. Stay for the room over there and, and stayed in Germany for about five or six weeks to join Walter and, and Timothy Thatcher. I actually lived with Thatcher in the apartment and that was the best move I've made. That was the most I've learned ever in, 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 those, in those five weeks. I think you'll agree a lot of times when it comes to success in anything, and I mean especially wrestling. Wrestling is the epitome of it. Like reporters and news anchors have to move all over the country and all over the world. And, and it's, it's so cutthroat and there's only so many right. spots and, you know, to pick up and move over to Germany was a big, big thing to go over there for a period of time, leave your life behind. But yet looking yeah. back, it seems like you had a lot of good experiences and, and more than anything, you learned a lot. I learned the most over there. And I feel like that trip shaped, shaped what I do now. And that, that trip, shape me and it separates me at least in my opinion from other people now what i learned i've done in front of gabe supposedly he got me for evolve so i felt like okay this is i'm doing something right you know like i'm not where i want to be but i'm doing something right it's it's a ladder and i'm progressing little by little and it, over there the training is brutal it's not the same as over here it's not as lenient you know like either you won or you don't you do it right or you don't <laughs> it's, it's pretty water what you see on TV, no, no, that's that's really him. That's that's not a gimmick. He's a, he's a batter. He's a he's a wall. But yeah, what I learned over there, and I learned more watching going to the shows than actually training. It's just the way they, yeah, the way they wrestle, the way they work, the way they maneuver. It's completely different. Completely different. It might be one sport, but night and day. So that I came back and I tried to incorporate it, and I did. And I did more now than before, and it, it's done me it's great. So I needed that trip, you know. So, so how did you actually uh, meet up and and to go over to Germany and and get your foot in the door over there? So it was it was. A, I remember I was working at a gym, and I had one day off, and I just opened my computer and I sent out literally every promotion that I could find in Europe, England, any, anywhere in Europe. I sent like no lie, like about eighty emails. And one one promotion got back, which is WXW. Um, they have a a program where you can like basically move into the apartment and get trained. The apartment was upstairs, so it's very convenient. You get to the ring whenever you want. Have a gym with and you live upstairs. And I had met Jackson Stone. He's from Texas. I had met him at a Ring of Honor camp, and he had went and he started going back and forth. So he was getting booked constantly. So they said, you could do this. What Jackson Stone did. You'll come here for about five six weeks, train." And we'll bring you back and you know so that's what i did so the, the only promotion that got back to me was wxw so that's how it happened go i'm in just let me know when i could fly out there and i literally lost my job and paid all my money and just went that kind of sounds like freeland and i when we're booking for uh booking guests throw out throw out 80 emails and yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just get one 
you got to fish it out. <laughs> It's uh, it's one of those things where they're they're not kidding when they say wrestling is a grind. It's a grind, and and every single person who succeeds, um, they were grinding it out day in and day out. Not only hitting the gym, but taking care of their nutrition, making phone calls. Um, obviously, I'm using a, a, a dated reference, but sending out their tapes and. I'm going to get to a portion of that as well that I want to talk about as far as branding, as far as, as an individual is concerned. Yeah. But with your career, obviously you've been in, in several different promotions and you've had the abilities to work, you know, under different promoters. Is there any specific promotion that you have come across so far that you feel has aligned itself the best as far as the locker room, as far as the direction, the philosophy of wrestling <laughs> that really is to your liking? I would say off the bat, Battle Club, Battle Club Pro. That's um is um ran by uh Joaquin Morales, who also owns um runs the school of Fallout, which I'm a coach at. That listen, nothing but positive comes out of that out of that promotion. Like he, that locker room is the best. He knows who he brings in. He knows who he brings in, and he says it like if you're booked under me, it's cause you did me right. Like I I believe in you. Like if it's not, it's not just Oh yeah, you're good. Come no, like straight up, like as simple to get simple. Like if you're not a good person, you're not gonna get booked on the league. So like I remember, I I do those shows and the lock was the best. Rookie for him is the greatest. He has done me so like he's done more for me in the few months that I've known him than anybody else that I ever met in my career. When it comes to Obviously, you know, you're training people now, but you've been in the business for quite a while. Kind of touching back on Johnny Rods, you know, a lot of different wrestlers talk about what was instilled with them as far as etiquette is concerned, a locker room, uh, decor, proper, the way you handle yourself. Was was Johnny one of those people who said, you know, if you're you're getting booked on one of the shows through him, keep your head down, go to the corner, find a small spot to put your stuff down, make sure you introduce yourself to everybody. Was that kind of the mentality, or has that had that kind of changed at that point when you were training with him? Indirectly, yes. <clears throat> indirectly, yes. Because that, that's how he said his lessons. Like, it was always, like, indirectly. It was never direct. He would talk, like, in a different language. You have to, like, catch on. Um, But, yeah, he, he – but that's one of the things that I, that I would say that I learned from him that other people usually don't teach. Like, you do not walk into a room without shaking everyone's hand. I got that from Johnny. Right, like ever since I left Johnny, I don't think I've, I've heard any other trainer or coach like say that or understand that in their students. Now that there are there are coaches that say that, but I got that from Johnny. Stuff like that, little lessons like, right when you walk in, you grab a corner, you don't bother nobody, you you get your opponent. Once you're done, you go to the town or whatever. You put uh, this is this is this is his most important lesson. You put gas in the car before you get to the venue. Stuff like that that like you don't learn from nobody else. Like you learn from Johnny. Stuff like that, which I appreciate when it comes to that aspect. But yeah, that little respect thing, that was Johnny's all for it. And he goes hard with that. And that that's one thing I, I can say Johnny did teach me. You had mentioned before that there's a lot of things that you learn that's not necessarily, you know, between the ropes and when you're training. A lot of times we find out that even when you said over in Europe, you know, you learned a lot by just watching. We've had tons of stories of people who've said car rides are one of the places where we learn a lot. And you sit you sit in the back and sometimes you're 
uh, you're the gopher and you got to stop at the gas station, go get run in and get stuff for people or pump the gas. But there's a lot of conversations that happen and some of them are quite colorful as we've been told before, but, um, you don't have to name anybody, but what has there been any conversations that you've had or things that have been instilled in you in a long car ride that you look back on now and you say, Oh my God, that was just that was so spot on, and I still remember that story and, and what the moral of it was to today. <laughs> I really don't because it's. I usually travel with people that I, I, okay. So I have yet to arrive with someone who has star quality. I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, someone I can sure. learn from. So what I do learn on the road is basically not to do because you know all you do is talk stupid shit on the road, and yeah. And I, I, at least for me, I think, yeah, that's why you're not where you want to be. You know, stuff like that. But it's, it's when you're in a call with wrestlers, you're in a call with 14-year-olds. That's all I can say. <laughs> this, is, this is very true. I'm glad you said it and not me, my friend. Um, was there – okay, maybe not necessarily that, but let me throw this at you. Was there anybody who – saw you early on in your career um and maybe not necessarily someone with star power but anybody that that said hey you know what i really like what you're doing or was there anybody who kind of helped build your confidence somebody who had been around maybe a little bit longer who said man i really like what i saw you do in here or there or hey i caught a part of your match you know who i got my first boost of confidence through darius carter i remember once i left once I left, um, it's weird, right? Because she's an asshole. Once I left Johnny, I did a, I, did a, I worked, I worked Darius, and you know, I'm green. I just left Johnny. I have no role experience, and people will tell me before I work, and yo, he's extremely stiff. He's gonna hurt you. He's gonna hurt you. I'm like, ah, I mean, we better find out. One of the best matches I ever had. Um. And since then, he's been boasting me on social media, like, yo, keep an eye on C Penny. So I got that first boost of confidence through Darius. And I've worked him several times. And you see on social media, people say, oh, here's my, here's my hit list. Here's what I want to work with. I haven't worked yet. I say, well, listen, what about people you worked with already? And you know, you can elevate it after each match. I've worked Darius five times or six. I felt like seven, eight, nine, ten, it'll be better and better and better. So I, yeah, so I feel like he's the one that gave me that first listen. Keep at it because you're you know what you're doing type of handle and it was multiple conversations so big ups to Darius. Oh, Mr. Carter, look at him. He shows the <laughs> soft, caring side. He busts my balls every time he comes on here. So you know what? I'm glad to hear that there is a soft side uh, to Mr. Carter. Uh, and, and you are 100 correct. He is a tremendous talent. No, all joking aside, he oh, takes his craft very girl. seriously. Um, he is, uh, what I would say, and this may be putting this on a different level. I would say he's very much like an MJF, if not even earlier than what MJF was doing. Um, because he's so good. He has the charisma. He has the personality. Yeah. I think Darius is, is going big places. Let me, let me say something that's not, that might be not good for a podcast. Darius has been Darius since day one, way yes. before MJF. Way before him, Jeff. There you uh, go. Yeah. Now, I've known Darius since 2011. And yeah. Man. That's Darius. That's what you see is how Darius is. Like, he respects. That's why I get along with Darius. And that's it. Professionally, let me say that. Because 
what the way I view wrestling, it's not. It's it's a sport. It's I view it the same way low key would view it, the way Hamasaru would view it, the way Eddie Kingston would view it. It's a sport. We go out there to compete. Now, all this gimmicks and flash and stuff, that's I'm not about that. And you can see like through my work, I'm not about that. Like my goal is to when we go out there, the fans say, Oh my god, like, are they really beefing? Like are they legit? Do they really have heat? And if you watch a Darius man, you would think that guy would hate the person he's wrestling. And it's the same way I try to view it. Like, it's legit. You're watching. And it's like, he's so professional. He's so professional. I haven't seen him pull up to a show without a suit. It could be cold or not outside. He pulls up in a suit. I love that. I love that. He respects what he does. Yeah. But one thing that you can guarantee, if, you're, if you are a white hot baby face and you want to sit there and try something new, go against Darius. D- Darius will have that crowd eating. Yes. Out of the palm of his hand, and you will be over, more over than you will ever have. You know, he's an easiest worker, and, and and he, the way he he works a match, no wasted movement, mm-hmm. slow, methodical. We're gonna work apart. What what you you want that flippy dippy stuff? No no no, you're gonna mm-hmm. hate me. We're slowing this down even more. I mm-hmm. seen him, uh, work somebody, doing that flippy dippy. And he sit there flat out. Nope, headlock. Took yeah. back to the ground. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you flip? Do you flippy stuff? When I punch in your face, you won't do the flippy stuff anymore. It, it's that's the way he views it. That's the way I view it. And that's why I love. I, I'm a fan of his professional. You know, like in the locker room, I gravitate towards him. He gravitates towards me. That's just the way he does. You know, he, he's that. He's that good. He's that good. It seems like. You know, I, I think all three of us here tonight are very much old school, meaning wrestling is more of a Greco-Roman, maybe more of a ground thing, um, more yeah. of actually showing our technical abilities. And it's a craft and it's it's a craft that you hone over thousands of matches. And would you agree that some wrestling fans, and I'm not saying all wrestling fans, but some have fallen in love with Oh, it was a great match, and you look back on it, and it was just a bunch of high spots. And it was like, but where was the storytelling? And not to say you can't do that with some high spots, but would you say high spots are a situation where you want to sprinkle it in, but if you're truly going to show what your abilities are, you actually have to do the groundwork to actually show the audience and your opponent what you can do? You hit it on the nail. You hit it. You just can't go in there doing flips with no story behind it. It has to mean something, you know? And it's like if you watch my matches, I rarely hit the ropes. Like, no, we're going we're gonna to fight, you know? And I feel like it, pro wrestling, when I say pro wrestling, I'm going to say indie wrestling because to me, I'm a big indie wrestling like fan. I love independent wrestling more than TV wrestling. So it's like it has its waves. And I said this to a student like last week. I don't know if you remember when the best of the Super Juniors, when Ricochet worked Osprey, and it went, yes. blew up. And even Vader was saying, oh, that's nonsense. After that, every student in the school wanted to do that style. No story behind it. They wanted to do flips. and They, wanted, they don't matter if they were big, fat, little. They wanted to do that style. So it became hot that if you go to an indie show, that's all you will see. And you will see this. You will hear that. But that's about it. And 
it's it's now i feel like now it's kind of doing this because everyone does that like you cannot tell me right now if i ask you give me 10 people who could do a forfeit you give me a, a list of 25. yep it's now it's not rare no more so it's like be different be different and it's like like look at the, the crap coming up now i'm a huge fan of dan nothing he does seems fake lee moriarty as much as he's you know he's a charismatic guy but he's an amazing technical wrestler my favorite jonathan gresham josh Alexander, look at tremors i saw tremors it was, it was amazing josh woods it's amazing stuff it's just it, it's like real fighting will never go out of style the high spots will and i feel like it kind of is unless you put a story behind it you just can't go in there doing flips you have to have you have to lay the background first you have to lay it out it's not it will not make sense and i've seen it when it when it's done properly the crowd pops for the proper reason as opposed to yeah that's acrobatic yeah like me i appreciate it i can see it i can't do it and i won't do it i won't try to do it but if you have a 450 oh that's pretty dope but that's about it like i know so many people who do a 450 tell me a story tell me tell me your story because it's if you lay properly with the real fight or, or some gra or, or struggle there you go a struggle i tell people if you go on warstar the most viewed video besides besides the x-rated one is a fight you see a fight and it has the most views and like we're human we want to see a fight we want to see a fight like it's not a circus act you know well you mentioned it before is somebody who has gotten over with the fans for a very long time and continues to and that's eddie kingston and when you look at eddie eddie's not going to be the guy who's going to do all that crazy stuff eddie is a guy who you probably hang out with you know you maybe you have a few beers with he probably works uh you know a blue collar job um and, and i'm not saying this to you know diminish him uh it doesn't have your atypical uh physique i mean you got a physique, Eddie. I love Eddie. He's got a dad bod. But the point of all of this is, is my God, what he brings to the table with his facial expressions, his emotion. Yeah. When he fights, he literally makes you believe that he hates this guy, and it doesn't have to look pretty. But you, you seem to overlook all of those other things because you are enthralled. Mm -hmm. with how he's delivering it and it's just like wow that is a very big throwback to and you're right things are coming full circle as well the the the, the high spot stuff i do feel like is, is going to start to fade out or uh, the people are going to stop showing up and it's going to yeah, force people yeah. to start doing something different yeah it's 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 it goes it's error there's waves you know like what, what might be hot today won't be hot next week and yeah going back to eddie kingston like he's been doing the same thing for years and i believe it and i might be biased because i'm from new york you know like i love that i feel like new yorkers are like the best in talking i feel like taz um eddie kingston is like one of the best talkers but he cut a hell of a promo but look at what he does in the ring man look at that the match you see in punk was it i forgot him or when the crosses erupted and everyone i'm like oh my god this is they got he got it like he got them like as a as an artist as, as a performer what more do you want what more do you want and i forgot yeah. who tapped him out or who put him to sleep i think was i think i think, I punk, think punk, punk put him to sleep he never submitted so it's one of those mentalities of he can always come back and say you know you didn't make me quit 
My body right, quit. My it, body will quit before one? ever. Was it that one where he flipped them off and he just He flipped them off and passed out. Yep. That's a beautiful story. Beautiful <laughs> story. That was amazing. I mean, he, that was nothing. No bumps, just this and dropping. That was the best. That was amazing. That, it, you almost know, was, that was almost better than getting a pin, in my opinion. That's way better. Way better. You know, you sit there and you talked about, uh, you know, you being a New Yorker. Uh, have you ever, two-part question, have you ever had the chance to wrestle in front of the Philadelphia crowd? And if so... No. no. Oh, okay. No, man. No, that sucks, well, it, it, right? Like, I feel like... I want to. Like, I need, I need the, the, the stamp. Can I make it or no, you know? <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people say that, that Philadelphia is probably the hardest crowd to ever get over. It's hard. They they see through bullshit. And, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to say, like, 80, 85% of indie wrestlers are bullshitters. They act like they want to they portray something that they're not. And the crowd sees it. They're not fake. They see it, you know? Like you just said, Eddie Kingston, he's not fake. The way he is, that's, that's the way he grew up. That's, the, that's who he really is. Darius, that's who he really is. It has to be you, but turned up. And that's real. You, you, and that's could, a perfect could, example. Could you imagine, uh, you know, K Eddie Kingston get a shot at WWE, but they're saying, okay, we're going to give you a John Cena gimmick. It, it, it will fail. Horrible. When, he, when, when I heard his podcast, The Unrestricted with AW, and he said, he said that. They offered him a contract. I'm like, oh my god! I just the thought of like what he would have been on the WWE program. It broke my heart just thinking about it. You know, like, dude, you made the right choice, man. <laughs> you made the right choice. Um, let me ask you this question because nowadays social media does play such a large part in in branding of a wrestler. Uh, as we know, in, in days and years past, it had to have been eight by tens and your tape that you would either yeah. send out or you would take with you. You'd carry them in your duffel bag and, hey, you'd give it to a promoter. Hey, can I, you have any spots available on the card coming up or, or can I help out with the ring crew? Stuff yeah. like that. Um, when it comes to stuff like social media, uh, Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram, what's your philosophies on that as far as, how do you manage your social presence? And even with YouTube and your matches and whatnot, how do you make sure that you're putting out your content, making sure that you continue to drive eyeballs to, hey, you know what? Take a look at me. This is what you need to have on your show. I'm going to say this honestly, and nobody else might admit this. The worst part of wrestling social media. Me, I hate social media with a passion. Like if I wasn't wrestling, I would have no social media at all. Maybe I'll watch funny videos on Facebook. I don't like social. I, I hate it because it's mandatory. You need it. You need it. And it's funny because I would joke with Thatcher in his um in the apartment because this is 2017. We all had smartphones back then. That's not that long ago. He didn't have a smartphone. He had one of those very old Blackberries that. <laughs> It didn't even have the ball. It had like the arrows. Yeah, it, that, that's like the first one that came out after the flip phone. That's what he had. And it's like, he goes, well, I mean, my talent speaks. I mean, I mean, yeah, God bless you, man, because you're over. But I wish that could be me. And it, it, it sucks. But I have to keep that in mind to stay relevant because you, you need it. Like it's, it's sad to say that we live in a, in, in a clout world, in a gift 
world that one gift can make you, all one gift can kill you, break you. Yeah, you true. know what I mean? And it's it's scary to think because people, and that goes back to the indie stuff, like the, the 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 flippy stuff that people want clips to post, but they don't care about the match. They just want highlight, but not the match. They don't care, and that that that's where it's like it's digressing, it's going backwards. Like that's not how it should be, but it is. It is, and I try to at least post every other day, or, or now I'm trying so hard with Twitter. Twitter sucks, man. I'm, Twitter's so boring. It's not good at all. But I'm trying, man. <laughs> I'm trying. You gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta stay relevant. You gotta keep posting stuff. Like I try to, like, if I have a match tomorrow and I get like four clips, I spread it out. You know, just to keep, like, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm active, even though I'm not booked. Like, I wasn't booked during December because I had COVID, but I posted a few things just to try to live relevant, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, me, personally, I used to I used to hate when people used to send me uh, highlight clips of their match instead of the, a full match. I'm like... Who, I, who I, doesn't look good? Who doesn't look good in the, in the highlight? Video? I can it, have a, a yarder who's been wrestling for a week, and I can make him look amazing. In a highlight video. That doesn't tell me nothing. It's dope to see because some promoters want a highlight video. They're not going to watch a full-blown match. I get it. But you also need both. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I want to see the crowd interaction. You know, I, I, I want to I sit, sit there and see, you know, how you get the crowd into the match. You know? I, I want to I see how you, how you interact with an opponent. You know? Uh, if the crowd's not into the match... What's your backup plan? That's what I want to. I want to see, and a lot of people, that, yeah, when they're out in a in, in a match having one, and it's not going their way because they went and planned A B C D E, <laughs> all of a sudden they don't they don't know how to get the crowd back on their side. You and know? they don't care. They just want to get to their high spot. They don't care about the class. Oh well, I got my clip. Like no, that's not how it is, and it's like. No, <laughs> you know, there's no it's, that's not how it should be, and it's, it's it sucks that, but it sucks that we've gone to that, but it's unfortunate that that's what that's what's been working for some people, for most of the of people, because they want to see that. I remember I was talking to Gabe supposedly, and the way he views matches is, he watch like the first minute, maybe thirty seconds, and then he he don't watch the rest. He will fast forward towards like comeback time. And see the crowd. If they're into it, oh, that was a good match. He don't care what you did. If you have the crowd, he's gonna book you. If you don't mm-hmm. have the crowd, he don't care what you did. He's not gonna watch it. He's not. He's gonna take it off. Yeah, he's just watching the crowd reaction. That's all he cares about. Yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. It's one of those things where the social media aspect is a necessary evil. Do you ever feel like there are people when you get back in a locker room or they, they go to their phones or have you seen anybody go to their phone, especially after a match is over or see who is tweeting about something? <laughs> the moment, because I travel a lot with um, gift card or um, okay, one of my best friends. And he, he's usually at every show that I do. So he'll, you know, get the clip and put it out. I, I, I view it to see how it looks. Okay. It was crispy. Good. It was not, uh, I share it, I'll retweet it, you know, or whatever. But I do that. But yeah, nearly everyone does that. <laughs> they go straight to their phone. Hey, let me see Twitter talking. I do that now because now I'm trying to get more into Twitter. Because if you don't have no Twitter, then I mean, who really are you? But yeah, I'm guilty of that. 
So you, you've worked in several different promotions, um, and I personally would love to know what your opinions are now of a lot of people crossing over. And instead, it looks like a lot of companies nowadays, with the exception of one, um, are allowing their talent to truly be independent contractors. Do you feel like this is really good for the business at this point in time, or do you feel like it it just kind of opened the door and now everyone's kind of going everywhere and it may kill a little bit of the mystique of dream matches. What's your thoughts on, on that aspect of it? it? Like we said before with the waves, right? It, it, it's like before everyone was going to NXT. NXT was sending, if you was in anywhere, if you was anybody, you was sending NXT, no matter from, you know, Ring of Honor, if you was a PWG guy, you was getting hired. And you saw these dream matches happen. Now, as a fan, I love it. I love it. But it goes, you, you go to ask, how long will it last? You know, like how long can, can it last? And like, will there ever be a real dream match in a year or two? Well, everyone wrestles each other unless you're a rookie coming up now who's making a name now. And then it's just how long will it last? As a fan, I love it. But that, like I said, it, 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 it can't last. It can't last. Look at the mass releases last year. That's why it's so hot now because it, but when there's no one to release and everyone's already out here and plus the crap that's coming up, well, you really have, you know? Let me ask you this. Do you ever feel, and you don't seem to be someone who would give into the public pressure, um, which I absolutely adore, but do you, do you ever feel like some other wrestlers may feel the pressure of, hey, such and such and such and such just went out there and did, all of this stuff and you're like, well, shit, how are we supposed to, you know, top something like that when I know that this audience is going to pop over a lot of being a spot fest when you already have a really great match planned out. Do you almost feel like you sometimes have to change things or do you say, no, screw it. I'm sticking to my guns. I'll, I'll, we'll make them appreciate this type of match. Yeah, I, mean, I stick, I stick, I stick to my guns. Like you just give me the the most indie crowd on the world, and then you do a flip and they'll pop. You go back to the to PWG when all those indie stuff, no selling, just pop up. If we get up and we're working, and I slap the dog shit out of you, and that's what pops off, they're gonna pop. So it's it, it, me. I feel like I'm different. Like I. I Stiffness and realness is never gonna go out of style. It's a fight. It never goes out of style. Now, if I was an indie, like if I was a slippy guy, then I worry, right? Because how can I? What can I do different? Nothing irks me more than me seeing freaking springboard RKO's. Everyone does it. Poison armors. Everyone does it. Like okay, now what? You're gonna do off the ladder to be different? Like it's just not. It's not cutting it anymore. And. I, me personally, and this is not cockiness talking, it's confidence. I know that I'm different. I can bring something different to the table. Now, you want to do that? Do it. I'll watch and I'll clap. Man, that's pretty dope. That's crazy. I'm glad you're safe. When I go out there, I'm going to fight. And I saw people, I think, I saw Magic Darius and uh, Trish, Adora, and the crowd was quiet. Um, and someone said, oh, they're, the crowd's not into me. No, they're into it. They're watching. It's like a Japanese crowd. They they they're like studying, and it's like it's, it was amazing. You might not hear the class, but every head. I mean, I didn't see one head down on their phone. That's what I noticed. You might not hear the clap or the pop. 
because they're not doing flippy stuff, but they're watching and they're they're into the match. You know, now when the when they have a little high five, which is not a flippy stuff, when they do something big like a big uh, double down or the finish, they're gonna be up there, and that because they work to that spot. You know. No, I agree. I, I, that I agree realness, real, realness is never going to go out of style, and I, I'm confident in saying that it's never going to go anywhere. Well, there's there is something we need to ask you, and we do this with all of our guests. It's uh, you know, there's the SAT, and there's the ACT, uh-huh. and then there's the Scantron test with your number two pencil, and there's all of these really challenging things that we have to do as we go through life. Well, here on Future Stars Now, the Ritster has created his own level of testing. And it's it's one question, no paper required. It's only a verbal answer. So I'm going to turn it over to the Rit, and he's going to give it to you. And I have nothing to do with this question. This is all of my bearded friends' questions. So does everyone get this one question, or is it different for everybody? <laughs> oh, no, no. Everybody gets the question, my friend. Okay, it's okay. The question. It's like a Seinfeld thing. The question. All right, okay. so as my uh, my runner is ready to go. You ready, Boston Marathon? Hot tub time machine. You can go back to any match in wrestling history. You are mm. taking somebody out. And putting you in the match. What match is it and why? Oh wow. <laughs> you hit me with that. Um I'm juggling between two matches, but I'm gonna go with one. Um I would have to say So there's one match, I'll take somebody out, I put myself in that in that person. <clears throat> Right? Is that is that was that's the question? Yep, yep. That that question hits you harder than a Walter Chop. <sighs> Nothing does but that question does it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm juggling in between Cena and Edge. Oh say like the ladder or the TLC match that they had. Mm-hmm. Or the CM Punk and Cena. And now they both they're both similar because they both they were both the uh, heels of both hometown. Right? And you also got the RVD and Cena at Hammerstein. Yeah, that I crowd was that. nuts. Uh, you know what? I might have to go with that Cena and RVD, and I will take out. I will take out Cena, and I will jump in this. <laughs> wow! Because no matter what he was gonna do, he was gonna get he was gonna get booed. No matter what, my man, he threw his shirt to that crowd like seven times, and he got kept on back. Like you, you, you're not gonna do anything right. Nah, I couldn't imagine what was going through his mind. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I'll take out Cena. <laughs> I sit there and love that match for that reason. Cena, no, nothing Cena could have did would have would have been nothing, anything good. Nothing. He could have gave and, everyone money personally. He was not going to get you. I, I personally would have loved to find out what that crowd would have done if Cena would have went over. Well, there was a big sign. It says "Cena wins, we riot." So riot. I don't, I don't want to know. I know it's a wrestling sign, but uh, I'm not rolling that dice at so, all. Apparently, they like surrounded his the parking lot because the parking lot across the street. No, um, next door. I don't know if you've been to Amazon, but it's next door, and they surrounded the whole and they didn't want to let him out. Yeah, so 
cops had to come in to like break it open and they had to get, send them away. It's Jeez. I read that not that long ago. Well, I tell you what, this is the one part that uh, we, we'd love to talk about here. So what is your merchandise? Where can people find your merchandise? What are some upcoming events? What are your, I mean, obviously you talked about not lighting, like lighting social media, but obviously it's there. So go ahead. It's plug o mania. Go ahead and throw anything and everything out there. Instagram, DC Pena, THC Pena. Twitter, same thing, DC Pena. Facebook, C Pena. Merch will come soon because I don't want to say gimmick. I hate calling it gimmick. This one you see now is brand new. The finisher at C Pena is completely brand new. So I have stuff working on right now. It should be. Stay on my social media. I will blast that in less than three weeks. Because he's drawing it out right now as we speak. Perfect. Yeah. Any upcoming shows that uh, people are in your neck of the woods that can come ahead and find you? Next week, I will be... What's today? Wow, my feet are all messed up. Today's Tuesday. This Saturday will be Magic's Chat Out of the Rumble. I'll be in that. I would win it, of course. Come on. Um, I have that. Um... Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna, I thought someone told me today. I will post the schedule on my Twitter, not tonight, tomorrow, because I still have a lot to confirm. But yeah, this Saturday in Richfield Park, which is down the road, because I live in Richfield Park, New Jersey. Um, the chat is horrible this Saturday with magic. Sa- that sounds awesome, man. And once again, is there any chance we could twist your arm to come back for uh, for another conversation with us? You let me know. I'm in. I'm awesome, in. guys. Thanks. This has been so much fun. Steve Pena, we cannot say thank you enough for allocating some of your time with us, telling us about your career. Guys, please follow him on social media. Obviously, merchandise is forthcoming. Um, Follow him on social media. You'll be able to get the dates, all the information where you can find him and continue to support independent wrestling because, in my opinion, it is the hungriest of the hungry. It is the lions of uh, the Savannah. They are going after wildebeests left and right, and... It is where wrestlers actually can be themselves and not have to worry about following a script. So that's what I love. You guys continue this, keep this art form alive, and we appreciate it more than you'll ever know. Thank you guys. Thanks a lot, Steve. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. See ya. All right, guys. That was Steve Pena, and what an amazing conversation, Rit. I mean, there are people that you meet and you're like, Man, I love watching them wrestle, but I love them even more now, now that I get to know them on a personal level. And I think that Steve falls right into that category. Yeah, uh, I, I love, we probably could sit there and do a whole thing about just him in Germany. Absolutely. You know, those, those, those six weeks, you know, especially for the people that he got to uh, work with while over there. You know, that's just, it shows you the amount of effort he put in. Uh, but sport in his career. No, I agree. Guys, that is officially going to do it for Future Stars Now. We could not thank you uh, anymore for coming and joining us and supporting our show. Remember, uh, we have a whole lineup of shows here on the Front Row Material brand. Ritster, give them the rundown of what shows and what nights. Well, Monday night, we've got Six Degrees of Written Renegade at 8 p.m., uh, we go down the rabbit hole, talk wrestling, talk, you know, pop culture, music, you name it. We don't know where we're going to end up. 
Tuesday nights, 9 o'clock, we've got FRM Pod. We usually have one of the greatest uh, names in the professional wrestling business sitting down talking with us. Well, I don't like to brag, but I mean, I, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. Yeah, the talent's then, pretty good, too. But Then uh, we have the panel, 10 o'clock, you know, where we discuss wrestling topics and whatnot. Thursday, we have the Call to Beardo with myself, Renegade, and the Butt. Uh, and then Friday, of course, you've got myself and Mike Freeland, Future Stars Now, bringing you the hottest indie talent that there is to watch and be learning about along their journey. Guys, that is the rundown. Please continue to follow us on social media. Follow us on our Twitter account. Follow us on Twitch as well. Uh, if you would hit that follow or if you'd be so inclined, hit the subscribe button. Also, check out For Row Materials' YouTube page as well. You can search us. Hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get more and more followers as well. We're always adding great content as well. So please join us for the ride because, guys, it's only going to get more and more exciting. For the Ritster, I am Mike Freeland. It's been Future Stars Now. We'll catch you next week.